Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special emergency midweek edition slash make good of NXT then now forever version of One Nation Radio. Rich, what the fuck is going on? Eric Bischoff, Paul Heyman, is is it 1998? Is it 1997? Uh, 95? This has been an assault on the news cycle from literally Monday. Um... I didn't watch Raw and SmackDown, and it doesn't matter. We we won't be talking about Raw and SmackDown at all. We have, let's see, we have Eric Bischoff rolling out of bed after being on a podcast and lying for uh, like over a year now with Conrad. That seems to be the new ticket into the game, or back into the game, I should say. Uh, lying his way into a job uh, <laughs> as the top guy in SmackDown behind Vince, essentially. And Paul Heyman, who, who may be deteriorating in front of our eyes, if you look at some of his recent work uh, of late, uh, gets handed to the key, handed the keys on Monday Night Raw. You got Seth Rollins playing cap all over the app. You got him getting getting just made to look. He loses a fucking Twitter war to Will Osprey of all people. <laughs> okay, okay, and then so- and then the WWE's deciding to. Uh, you know, start streaming head to head. You know, admitting some competition. So, okay, so yeah, you, yeah. You just lots you, of you shit. Just hit people with you just hit people with the the shotgun blast and 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 the shot sprayed everywhere. So let's 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 take one thing at a time. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm just gonna read off a news article. So, and so this is the cap gun. So this is the cap gun from Harlem Nights. Now, I, just I, the one shot. I I I. I I don't know what this is anymore. I don't I, I don't I don't know what this is. Like I'm after this show, I'm going to go to the refrigerator and I'm going to get what I hope is water because I don't know what anything is anymore. I don't know what. Uh, anyway, so uh, 
Sports Illustrated first reported that Paul Heyman has been named the executive director of Raw, and Eric Bischoff uh, has been named the executive director of SmackDown. It is noted that both will report to directly to Vince McMahon. WWE.com also posted uh, the story confirming the, um, that news. WWE's articles stated that Heyman and Bischoff will oversee creative development of WWE's flagship programming and ensure integration across platforms and lines of business. Uh, the creation of these roles further establishes WWE's ability to continuously reinvent its global brand while providing two distinct creative processes for its flagship shows. Oh boy! Um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't read Melser's uh, uh, edition this week yet, or whatever else. But did it? Did it kind of? Narrow down what the possibilities are yet, or is it? Or because it's Thursday, we still don't fucking know because they don't even know until it's gonna be like That's, Monday before six, before four p.m. So, so the deal is they're gonna slowly assimilate into their jobs. One would think by you know July this would end up being established. Um, the first thing that came to my mind immediately, and I was tweeting about it, was wow. This is like Bill Watts in 1995 uh, when, you know, Vince wanted to quote unquote hand over power to somebody uh, in creative. But then he started letting Bill Watts know that, oh, actually, all the decisions go through me still. And Bill Watts quit within weeks uh, yeah. because he wanted to go with Bret Hart as a more realistic, you know, tough champion. And, and by that time, uh, Vince had wanted to replace Bret with Sean. And Watts was like, he won't draw. And. <laughs> Watts was right, but, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like Heyman and Bischoff, uh, you know, they both worked for Vince previously. Uh, Heyman's had the role, um, you know, a, a couple times before and has flamed out uh, spectacularly uh, in the ECW relaunch and in 2002 well, when he was uh, caught listening to fucking phone calls uh, yes, of the yes, other team's creative yes. Well, well, well. Just because he was in on a voice, he was in on a conference call, and they traced it to his parents' on. house, does not mean that it was, in fact, Paul Heyman. It just came from his parents' house. So don't right. jump to conclusions, okay? Don't do that. Right. That's, right. that's, right. that's. <laughs> Allegedly. Okay, so... Allegedly. <laughs> so, um,. When and I then Bischoff, he he he's tw he's twenty three years removed from a good idea. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I heard the same thing, and I my, one of my first thoughts was Bill Watts. Another of my thoughts was um, Jerry Jarrett when Vince was thought he was going to go and go, you know, go behind the wall. So I I I, I just don't know. I don't know what's going on. I, I, and a lot of us, you know. We think this has part in part with the future with the XFL, also the immediacy of going into October on Fox, uh, with SmackDown Live on Fridays. We, we also had some. Um, there's also some talk of what their roles will be and what kind of um, power they'll actually have. I guess we, we still that's still up in the air. We don't know, which means until further notice, still still believe that like. They're just guys. Uh, they're just middle management. So yeah. Uh, so like, if you think there's some sweeping change, don't hold don't hold your breath until the change actually comes, if there is any. And the talk about Heyman and I trust Heyman for this spot a lot more, a hell of a lot more than Bischoff. But 
at the same time, it's not like Heyman ain't back there at all, most of the time already any damn way for the last, I don't know, year, two years, three years. So, I, I don't know. Right. He, he's not looking spectacular himself. And, I, well, you know, people are, are people are still wondering what Triple H's role is going to be in all this, if he's going to have, like, essentially, uh, his, you know, what he is in NXT, if Heyman and Bischoff are going to be that, and if they're working together, uh, that still hasn't been figured out. This is just absurd. Though, like, it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't really have an issue with that. This is is like the the home of the retreads. This is, uh, and Josh actually made a good point on this. Is like, you know, he's Vince McMahon's at war, so he's gonna call the dudes he was he was going to war with twenty years ago and see if they got any ideas. That's all this is. Like they brought back Bruce Pritchard. They brought Jeff Jarrett in. They, they, they. It's like Vince probably tuned all these people out by this point. This is a company that is scrambling. That's like, what this is. It, it, it's funny in an era where if you said, go collect the best bookers in the world, and you will, you will pile up Triple H and Gato and like Rossi Ogawa and, um, I mean, you can say Scott Demore. We can say Scott Demore. He, he, I mean, he's putting together a good product. I mean, Gabe Sabolski because he's been doing it for so long, um, and had to replenish so many of the talent that got raided over the years at Ring Honor, and then now evolve into NXT. He eventually just sold, so bought in. Yeah, right. I mean, there's, there's, you know, I'm sure there's a few, there are a few other people. I'm just names. I'm forgetting, but those are the ones that immediately come to mind, right? And what they're decided to do is nah, bump that. Like, we are going to grab guys that were gen- guys that had you know legitimate genius at different points in the '90s, but the year 2019, and it's like, look, man, sometimes the games pass you by. Sometimes the game passes you by, and look no further than sports. Like we talk about this all the time when you got Joe Gibbs, he was a genius in the eighties and the nineties. He wasn't a genius in his second run in the two uh, thousands with uh, the Redskins. Uh, Al Davis. I remember that. Al Davis was a, was legitimately one of those sharpest minds in the history of professional football. Look at his run was um, aside or after Gruden left for the bucks. Look at his run in the nineties. Like he was not a he was not the genius that he was in the seventies and eighties, right? Uh, I mean Phil Jackson, and a lot of this goes to that. Like, yeah, Phil Phil Jackson, we saw him lose it at the end. Like, like I used to joke that he used to fall asleep on the bench. Like, and then he was all this stuff about him not traveling to road games and different stuff like this. It was like, yeah, yo, man, like I don't really get like i don't know if people were supposed to be excited about this move like because it's funny uh i I haven't been able to locate any any of the ratings don't matters motherfuckers (laughs) and all this other stuff Uh, (laughs) with the sweeping change that's about that that tells me something was wrong james well um, these people are hiding right now mm. throwing rocks and hiding hands right now so the people that are normally on that noise are even saying mentioning anything or even saying anything along the lines of they like the move, they're positive about the move, or they don't know where they just know where to be found on the timelines. I ain't seen them. <laughs> you ain't never, never seen like them. Star <laughs> little flip. I ain't never seen them before. <laughs> wow. All right. So well, yeah, yeah. You know, 
it's amazing. See, you I know? mean, so see the thing is, I think that anyone that's been watching their TV product or has been turned off by their TV product in the last, let's say, post WrestleMania, I believe a lot of them are just wary of virtually anything, and even even you know. Someone like Finishel, who was constantly someone that was, you know, the we nickname he was the nickname Eternal Optimist, and we would always think that like I don't know, like he's watching the shows while he's on like while he's high on the laughing uh, gas or something. I don't know, but you know, some of the people that are some of the more positive people that I interacted with uh, with on a regular basis are all just like, yeah, the, the show shot, it's a shot, like. I mean, you can say we can. I, I can say names. We, we mentioned we or I put names with names. Like we mentioned, um, we just mentioned Dave Finishel. Chad, Chad's long been unenthused with the product ever since, like you know, the summer last year where you got up and bounced because they, you know, they built it up, um, Brock in, and he was he was heading that way going to WrestleMania 35 anyway. Uh, Rance, even Rance is like, yeah, this isn't good right now, you know. Floyd, Floyd's like, yeah, this ain't good right now, and so I don't know if this situation where like everything's so down in the dumps right now, aside from a, a match here and there, because I mean this is they, I'm not going to say what Seth said because what Seth said was ridiculous. They don't we're, have the best we'll get re- there. They don't have the best wrestling in the world. They have the best wrestlers in the world. So when they go out there and they put on and have you know some good ass matches from time to time, like that's the reason to check in that's the reason i always say like they can always fix this they have so much talent they can always you know turn it around do i think they're gonna turn around at this point i'm doubtful um but yeah and and it seems like so this week the thing is there's so much of that around right where even like the people that are you know the apologists, the Fed Defense Squatters, like even them, like when they're arguing with people online about how stupid we are for being so down in the dumps or toxic or whatever else, um, like even them, like their defense, their stuff right now isn't about like defending the product. It's about like how toxic people are around the thing, which makes like everything so bad for the wrestlers. Which there's, there's truth to that, uh, but like then the people that were defending this product, you know six months ago a year ago whatever else like that's where we are right now um to where they're not even doing that but i think there's so much of that around there that you can't even deal with wrapping your head around like whether or not this may actually be you know a change in the right direction like it's just like oh it's some other shit they've done and we'll see it like that's where we are with WWE right now everything is we'll see it's like another. It's like another damn wild card rule. It's like another. It's like we don't know what's real and what's like fiction right now with these people. Yeah. And it the, seems like it came all to a to a turning point this week with the poor attendance for stomping ground where they were giving away thousands of tickets and and yeah. sectioning off the the building completely. And then thirty five hundred and twenty five hundred for Raw and SmackDown and twenty five hundred was in Portland. And it's funny because I read this in uh, the Observer. It t- the the impact of Tacoma on wrestling history. Where oh, was in two thousand one yeah. the same uh, city? Was that the, was that the Bagwell and uh and Booker yes. T match where they said pull the plug on the shit? Yes. 
like and, and then like a big adjustment to the landscape and then this one like when this when this war is jumping off and they go to Tacoma and it's like it ain't hitting on nothing and then you know they run Everett and there's like 3,500 people at a raw that's like mid 1990s numbers and you know Vin- they say Vince is a guy that does not like to make excuses for numbers so I, I offer this to people if Vince doesn't want to make any more excuses why do you I mean, I've always heard that, but it's like, if that is the case, then why doesn't he ever, like, do what's right? Or why does he rarely ever resort to doing the right thing to fix it? And I mean, like, people aren't watching the product not because, you know, the wrestlers aren't entertaining enough or there aren't, uh, or there are other things to watch. It's... The product is incoherent from week to week, and you are not rewarded for spending your time watching it. And the investment of, or in the investment you have to make to watch it, is so high that it has to be coherent and good, and pay and, and build off of previous weeks to make it worth your time. They've never addressed that. They have they have gotten worse with that over the last. Well, we've been watching this against his, the pipe bomb, and uh, yeah, this is eleven, right? So you said, this, yeah. yeah. So that's what. Uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, you're heading to 19. We're heading into eight, eight years of that. It's worse than it's been in the last eight years been watching this. So, I like, I understand, like, Vince is not a wrestling guy. He is a spectacle guy. He's always more into the sizzle than the steak. But also, like, it's funny you bring that up. Vince has no idea what's going on or outside of WWE and his own wrestling. Like, he's completely out of touch, not connected, doesn't know what's going on, doesn't watch anything, doesn't know uh, you know, what's hot in the world. And this is like Rich. This is like how I was saying about the Lakers. It's like he's he's fucking with people he 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 worked with twenty <laughs> years ago <laughs> and, and all I this mean, other shit. Like it's I ridiculous. Mean, he's absolutely been isolated in that. And also another part about it is like this has always been closed very closed off as far as how he reacts to the rest of the wrestling world. Like we, you know, I always joke about how, you know, WWE is, is like WWE is the market share leader of wrestling. And Vince sees it as this closed off thing where it's his own thing. Like it's not wrestling, it's sports entertainment and sports entertainment is like, do you want a tablet or do you want an iPad? Do you want, do you want a smartphone or do you want an iPhone? Do you, so do you, like for me, the stories that you always hear about how closed off he is, like that's been going on for for decades. Like you hear the story of Pritchard, and it's worse off now. Right, right. But you hear the story of Pritchard. Pritchard had to tell, had to convince Vince to sign Eddie Guerrero when the Radicals are coming in because he met him at a meeting and he was taller than him. And then he had, and then Pritchard had to say like. Yeah, he is short, but he's the Mexican Shawn Michaels. <laughs> he had to, he had to, you know, so like that's 1999. Eddie Guerrero at that point in time was, you know, he had Look, man, he had like, credential, he was already, he was credentialed yeah. around the world. He had a stint in WCW at that point in time. Like that was a guy that was, you know, that had that that a super talent. Or that was somebody that was well known in established as a talent that was worth it. He remember how like he fucked off with Vader, like when he could have had, um, they could have sold. Billions of or millions of uh, dollars worth of tickets and, and merchandise mask. against Undertaker, and they fucked that off too. So, like, 
we know that he is closed off and, you know, they always do the whole thing where it's like, whatever you did before doesn't matter until you get here, pal, ha, 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 and all the other nonsense. So, yeah, like, I get that. Bro, and th- this is even worse, like, with Bischoff, like, because we made that Bill Watts example, and it's like, Bill Watts was, like, even less connected in a slower-moving era era then, and he was out of touch. Bischoff, like, the, how, how different is the wrestling business right now than it was last summer? Like, Bischoff's not plugged into this shit. Like, he's, like, I, that Bischoff hire is the really bad one. He's borderline unhirable, like, at this point. Like, I mean, how he, what, how he, besides, how he did in TNA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what he did in TNA, absolute disaster. And you know, Hogan's not far away if Bischoff is around, right? Are they still friends? I, I mean, I don't know. I, yes. Oh, okay. Big big time friends. Good for them. And, and then you know he he had the cruiserweight division which he stole from ECW, and he <laughs> had the NWO which he stole from New Japan. Yeah. So <laughs> what does Eric Bischoff really have going for him right now? I like like is he is is he going to open the first SmackDown and strip all the champions of their titles and oh, joke that he doesn't have scissors? Shit? Like what I don't I don't shit? know what the fuck. It is. No, that was him. Oh God. Yikes. Okay, so yeah, it, it's funny because Jeremy was like, "Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> like what if what if Bischoff is like has actual power?" And he's like, "Yeah, Andrade, like give that guy a push." I'm like, "Trust me, Andrade ain't get like Bischoff ain't giving Andrade no push. Hell no! <laughs> like he'll push him as mid card. He'll push him. He'll push him as a mid carder. Nah, like a uh, 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 main eventer. Hell, fuck yeah. no." Yeah, no, to quote yeah. to quote Shazam, hell fuck no, nah, Superman. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, it's not gonna happen. Um, let's see. So, what's next? I mean, is there anything you, uh, else you want to drop on this? Because I'm just thinking that like it's like it's like the all Bischoff the old thing. guys now are all on one side. All, all the old guys from 20 years ago are all on one side now, and then it's against all the new guys that that are popping right now. And it, and it's like we gonna see it. And I'm I'm I want all the smoke. I want them to to compete hard as hell, both sides, because it's like, all right, let these Twitter fires go off that we all about to talk about. I loved it this week. It, like snort it, like crush it up and let me snort it. Like it, it's just been like insane. Then that's that's what I want. We're all gonna see who's the best, right? Uh, I guess. Um, I I don't know. I. I guess we can talk, move on and talk about, since we talked about the Twitter stuff, we can move on to talking about Will Ospreay and, and Seth Rollins. Um, I mean, we talked yes. about it a little bit. Um, is there anything else you want to drop on it? Because we talked about it, like, you know, as it was kind of happening. And, yeah, it, it's... So we didn't really get into the self-will thing. So the thing we were talking about Sunday was, like, where he was talking about was the best pro wrestling in the world. We knew that was Cap, obviously, and right. everything like that. But... Then he started like switching it up, you know, and, and oh, throwing qualifiers yeah. on it. Yeah, and talking about you know, can't nobody do what I do every night and all this other stuff like that. And it's like, oh no, he no, find no. somebody alive. If I remember. Well, I think the argument was no one can do it, what I do as well as I do as as often as I do it. And then Osprey was like, I'm alive, <laughs> which is like. Yeah. Yeah. So then he responds and he calls him a little guy, even though they're like they're basically the same size. Like how yeah. like tries to bring Ricochet into it to pit him yeah. against Osprey, yeah. knowing they're homeboys yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. 
that he too. looked like a dummy. Like he, he looked like a dummy for, and he looked like he's in the bubble and he's out of touch, not knowing that he was talking to uh, the 2019 wrestler of the year right now. And a dude that's literally, um, if you think about it, we're at the same age. Osprey is what 26 now. Yeah, like, he, he's a bigger star than Rollins at 26, a better wrestler at 26, and you know he just looked ridiculous, like in the light, pretty much. Uh, and when it came out that, uh, you know, Osprey has actually worked more matches than him. And then when you get to the point of quality, um, all those house shows that happened in Montana and Idaho stuff, like them shits don't count. Newsflash, motherfucker. Like, it's like we're not seeing those um, those those two and a half star matches uh, that, that you're doing at a, at a random house show. Yeah, I get that that you, that you want to, you know, like, like I'm not tripping on the fact that he thinks he's the best. Right. But mm-hmm. when you come out there and do that little guy shit, and then you know while you just look stupid, you let Will Osprey dunk on you and be like, "Yeah, that ain't you know really where it's at." And nah. then you know, the Corbin really got, got into it. I think, I think it. the one that really got him. Oh yeah, go ahead and talk about the Corbin. One. Yeah, Corbin was like, you know, I wrestled more matches than Will Osprey, and then uh, Osprey literally within minutes was like, "And that's why Raw sucks." And that was amazing. And um, what what were you gonna get to? Yeah, so the transition from that with Seth is to, uh, I think that what happened was Osprey was scheduled to do the interview with Alvarez and, and Meltzer, and like Alvarez had hinted that that was coming for days, for days. So the timing of it, like what matched up with the Seth thing, was like I. Because he had teased that they were going to be doing a special interview for a few days, like that happened before the, all that stuff, like just happened along the way. And I guess Seth, I mean, I guess Osprey tried to use it to his benefit to hype himself or whatever else, or, or maybe he didn't. But either way, like that thing had been planned. So they're doing that, and they point out to like, oh yeah, by the way, like you actually have Russell more matches than Seth um, this year. So then he, st- so then he's like, I'm going to mention that, and he did. And then Rollins goes on to say. Well, you want to talk about numbers? Well, a lot, well, look at yes. let's look at the bank account. And it's like, well, we can if you want to, but like, how about like you start off with that if that's your best move? If your go to is I got more money than you, and then like say that every single time you hop on Twitter because that'll win you a lot of arguments, uh, uh, wouldn't it? As opposed to, I'd be like, look here, Seth. Since you want to talk about bank accounts, why don't you compare your bank account to Brock Lesnar's bank account then? Like, you want to take thing. it there? I was like, like so, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, so it's, so it's like, so now because his bank account <clears> is like, is Brock Lesnar and Chris Jericho the best wrestlers in the world now? Because yeah. Because they get any more money than everybody else per match. Is that, is that, is, or Undertaker too? Undertaker as well, because, you know, he's probably, what, he's wrestled, what, once Rolling this in year it. or twice? He's going to wrestle like two or three times a year. You know, he make a million uh, per match. So, what are we talking, what are we doing now? What are we doing? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, like bad, bad look, Seth, like yeah. all around there. And then he yeah. only it only got worse from there. But but my, my the main thing is like you say a statement. Osprey didn't say nothing <laughs> out the out of pocket to you. He said, yeah, like I am a I, you know, I'm better than you. Like that's that's the gist of what he said. He didn't say anything crazy. Then Rollins starts insulting him. Then he says, dude, you talk about these matches. Like, I've actually wrestled a match with you. Then, he's like, then he goes and says, like, well, I had a broken back. And I was like, Seth. Well, you ain't say that. No, no, it's like, <laughs> Seth, I understand you had a broken back. 
and I hope that it's healed up and that's a terrible injury to have to have, you know, that something like that and like, you know, that safe WWE style though, but yeah. Um I hope I hope you're good now and there's no chance for injury. However, like this pro wrestling bro, like everybody's hurt. <laughs> like yeah, and the thing with Rollins and I actually had a com- conversation uh, with Tom from the military industrial suplex podcast privately about this stuff. And I kind of rolled it in a conversation with you it was like Rollins. He is a guy at this point that wants something that kind of no longer exists for him. Like he he is like an artist that has gone pop and still wants the love from the streets right now meanwhile the streets have moved on jack your your style is is, is generic <laughs> it, it's like it he wants something rather than leaning into who seth rollins is he can't ever be who seth rollins was and obviously this is falling in line with the leg injury that, that we always talk about on this show mm-hmm. and like he wants to own something that no longer exists for him. Like you don't get that love anymore. Like you don't get Osprey's space anymore. Especially like in not being close at all with their resumes have been the last yeah. like not yeah. not just this year, last year, the year before that. Like I don't I don't know, you know, how long you want to take this back to give yourself a fair chance. But I mean it's it's been completely different since he blew out his knee. Um I mean I, maybe two thousand sixteen when he first came back when the the stretch run he had, um like with that shield triple threat match and his first match back against Roman. But outside of that, nah, it's mm-hmm. not it hasn't really been much of the same. And the thing that gets me is I, I don't, what is this for aside from, you know, there are people inside of WWE around the world that watch wrestling around the world, love wrestling, did wrestling for years with a bunch of other people around the world. And, you know, it's almost like how we, everybody knows everybody, right? We always talk about how wrestling is such an incestuous um industry. And you got a lot of heat within about, the... Go ahead. He got a lot of blowback and heat within the the business, like for disrespecting the dude, like with Osprey's like rep right now. Like people didn't like Seth, that Seth did this, and it, it was it came off as arrogant and disrespectful. And knowing that, like the the level of guy you're talking to, like it it made Seth look real bad. Yeah, especially when within like, the business, especially when you like the the guy that like I've seen wrestle Brian Danielson in Ring of Honor before. It's like. He, he forgot where he came like, from. Literally, I mean, like may, maybe, maybe not. It's just like <laughs> it's just a stunning lack of self awareness to go out there and say that. And if you're one of the people that have you know, kind of sold your soul or whatever you want to call it, that's less uh, pejoratively you know or negative sounding than that. Like if you're a person that says I'm going to be a company man and I, or you know, I didn't sell out, I bought in. If you fully bought in or whatever else. You know, congratulations. We we always make the joke that like One Nation Radio should be should be uh, lo- or labeled as One Nation Radio. We can't wait to sell out. Like that's 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 cool. But like, we if once you do that, like have the awareness to know that like that's what you've done, and like you don't need to lie about where we or pretend that that's not who you are. Like 
all of this stuff he said, like, with a few word changes, like, it doesn't blow up into what it blew up into. And he does not out here looking re- super bad with the whole Seth or the whole Osprey thing. Because all he had to say was, we have the, or, you know, this is the, we have the best wrestlers in the world. I, don't, I mean, I'm sure he's blow back whatever people look at and say, New Japan, look at, you know, <clears throat> the, fourth, the fifth best wrestler is maybe Ishii or some shit like that. Like, cool. But... You look at the the depth of talent where you have freaking Hector Garza like just now getting on TV. It's like okay, yeah, you do. But once he says the best wrestling, it's like. But with Seth, no, no, no. Seth is largely leaning on this straw man argument because we know that's not the problem. It's Vince, and obviously he doesn't want to say that. So he he's creating answers for prop for questions that weren't asked essentially. Yeah. So that's why I'm not understanding this. I want to be a company man. You can't blame him for for sticking up for whoever and all this stuff. It's like the problem is Vince. And and the thing is about like you can stick up for the company without having to lie. Easily. Like all you have to do is all you have to do is push the talent. All you have to do is promote the talent and and buy the talent. Like we have the best wrestlers in the world. We have we have the most talented people. Um, we have all these people that are, you know, so positive coming to work and they try so hard and blase squad. He, and then, but whatever, like he did what he wanted to do and y'all don't have to lie about it. I mean, it's fine. Like I'm not holding against him. I'm not like, I'm like on some cancel Seth Rollins shit. Like he's just talking, he's just talking shit and it's like, it's pro wrestling. Uh, but right. at the same time, it's like, <sighs> we're just like. People are kind of over it with the whole with that back and forth thing, and it was like once you tie in the Moxley thing is part two, like part of it, part of it's a separate thing, and then like the fact that all this came out together is kind of like you look at it in total, you're just like, yo, this dude's like really like decided to like be an asshole this week. What's going on? It's like he's a champion, and so- he's got all these this bad business occurring under his watch as a top guy, <laughs> and a lot of people think he's cracking. So you think he's lashing out? He's lashing out like like somebody <laughs> need to sit that man down. So, so, like you need so, to get that man a hug. So, like so, like let let it go, player. Like and, and this ain't, this isn't the first time ratings have nosedived on a Seth Rollins title reign and and everything like that. That's why I always had kind of you know uh, in October. I was like, I have questions about Seth at the top of the card, and I was like, I'm specifically going to like start bringing bringing attention to this because when it happens. The chickens are going to come home to roost, and right now they are roosting. Hmm. So, with the Moxley thing, are, did did you bring that up? Well, well, the thing the thing for me is like you talking about the lashing out thing. So it's like, and because like things going all bad and or whatever else. So like, do you think this like that all this whole? I guess you say this the the Saturday through Monday or Tuesday or whatever else it was like those four those three four days is like like all that tied together is like his Denzel and training day speech at the end is like all you motherfuckers <laughs> you gonna do this to me yeah, he, he you was, niggas wow. be playing basketball on yeah. Pelican Bay <laughs> I'm the, who the fuck you think you is yeah. I'm the fucking police. I'm rushing here. You just live here. <laughs> I, I mean, John Cena it, it, wouldn't do no shit like this. I mean, we have one. We have an example of the Cena thing that people have been throwing around about when Punk left, and you know, I think a lot of that comes with 
I think a lot of that at that point comes with like Cena's from a different era. Like Cena came from an era where like it wasn't as um it wasn't exactly the only show in town when he's first getting into the business. Like when Cena was doing those indies or whatever else, like there that there was still like the very the very last of WCW around. Like he he had to rub some shows against guys that knew that like, look man, like this is how it kind of was before. This was the mentality like you're here to wrestle and you run into people or whatever else and like brand loyalty. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't say there's anybody that's uh, more WWE than John Cena has ever been, but. He grew up in a time where, like, that wasn't necessarily the biggest thing in the world. It was about making as much paper as you possibly could in that time. Or he, he was around a bunch of people that were that definitely on that lifestyle. And he grew up in it, too, and you know, to like, look, man, end of the day, this is a job. I love this job with all my heart, but this is a job. Seth is taking this shit to where it's like, he, oh, that man he, trying he really to believed, like, he really believed all the shit. It seems like he is really all in and believes all the shit that, like, he's been... You know, told like they were talking about how Stephanie went to full sell. Was it two, three weeks ago, and gave a yeah. pep speech or whatever? A pep Sounds talk, eerily familiar, right? don't it? Yeah, he gave a pep talk, and they and they promote all, and they they give the same PR media stuff to the to the talent or whatever that you read, and you're just like, oh, so you're trying to tell me that like. WWE has more Twitter followers in the NBA and blah, 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 because, you know, do the add-on number. Like, they sell yeah. that same shit to their talent. And if you're there long enough, you you could you could buy into it, right? Even though, yeah, like, you, you, you know. Yeah, you could fully I mean, fall into that right. shit. So it's like, there are going to be some people, especially because, you know, that's all, for a lot of people, that's the end destination to get to WWE at all costs, whatever it takes, right? Like, that's the only show in town or whatever else. I'm not saying that's necessarily how Seth started out or if that's how Seth feels, but he's definitely taking that that kind of tone where it's like, that's the thing. And it's like, he's older, he's further removed than like someone like Cena was. So he's like, oh, you want to leave? All right, well, you leaving creates like a power vacuum. I'm trying to grab some of that. Like yeah. you had some, you had some umph as far as creative to try to tell Vince no, whatever. He'll listen to you when you say this shit sucks or whatever else. He probably tells you nobody will sit there and listen. I'm one of those people. I want to grab some of that. Like, I want to be one of those, you know, the foxhole guys or whatever else. And we've always, you know, we've always said that a lot of us, I mean, it's obvious that Seth is a person that they've always had uh, plans for, someone they've always cared about, but they never cared about as much as Reigns. Like, with Seth, go, I'm sorry, with... Uh, Bro, with, with with he, Ambrose gone, the opportunity he has right a now. chance to grab some of that to try to you know help himself up the corporate ladder into future, a future and a commitment or whatever else. So like there's always going to be lieutenants and JBL, mm-hmm. Mark Henry types. Why can't Seth Rollins be one of them people? Locker right. room and, and I think he sees the o- and and I think he sees the opening with with uh, Reigns and him coming off that return and it not really meaning much for business right now. So I oh, think Rollins oh, oh, sees oh, some type of thing. opening. Don't get it fucked up. As bad as they're fucking up Roman right now, he's still a bigger star than Seth. <laughs> it ain't even close. It still ain't even close. Yeah. 
Um, then it goes into Seth Rollins selling out his homeboy with the um, you took your ball and went home shit. And yeah. this is like, you know, the, the other part was, was is just wrestling and looking stupid on Twitter for, for the most part. This is like where you start peeping, you know, what kind of dude this is, what what kind of you know character this is, who may have put him up to this. Because, you know, this isn't the first time we've heard lines about people taking their ball and going home. We've heard that about CM Punk. We've heard that about Austin, and they made The Rock do that before to, to him, knowing the respect those guys had between each other. But we were led to believe that this was a brotherhood between um, Rollins and Ambrose. I imagine that um, Ambrose woke up, or Moxley, excuse me, um, woke up Monday morning or Tuesday morning and heard that interview uh, with Richard Deitch and was like, you motherfucker. Like, because Seth tried to word it to where he was like, oh, you know, he's a big boy. He can do what he wants. And then he snuck the jabs in, yep. and, you know, talking about maybe he couldn't handle the schedule. And yeah. like you pointed out, James, like, isn't that complete bullshit? Yeah, it, it, it's funny because on one end he says, like, yeah, he tried his hardest. But at the end of the day, he took his ball and went home. And it's like, all right, well, for most of your tenure on the main roster, when y'all are both there or while you were there, Seth, this – Seth or Dean Ambrose was the Iron Man of the company for that whole tenure. Like no one worked more days than him. Probably I, I'm not for sure. I have to look it up. But for he had a couple years where he had like two or three years where he did more matches than anybody else. So, and that didn't really stop until the injury uh, uh, at the end of 2008 or end of 2017. So, um, you know, I. For that person to be labeled as a person that couldn't handle it is like, well, who can? Yeah, it's one of those. It's like, all right, sure. And then the take your sure. ball and went home thing. It's like Ambrose didn't. He mostly didn't quit. He didn't ask for his release. He fulfilled his contractual obligations. And that, that isn't that the way everyone wants everyone to do it, uh, James? Well, they, don't it, they want them to, to work their dates and be a good little soldier and show up to the very end and be appreciative and not uh, <laughs> make the company look bad like on your way out to put people over? That's what the fuck this dude did. Yeah. Looked like taking his ball and go home, going home. It looks yeah. like he grabbed his ball and was like, you know what? This fucking gym sucks. Like the, the rims are bent. Um, the the players like suck. The coaching is terrible. I'm going to go to this gym on the other side of the town. Water facilities are new, and they have a game plan of what they want to do. That's well, what it sounds like. My analogy to was like, yeah, sure. He took his ball and went home because the game was over. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do when the game's over. You go the fuck home. And when the contract ended, the game was over. He got $500 for the end when the buzzer sounded, even though for the fucking yeah. minimum. But, yeah, the buzzer rang. He he slapped Fonz with y'all. He said, deuces, and then that man vanished into the vapors. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he, he vanished. He vanished out, out of the prison and ran from them fucking dogs. Yes, yes, I'm out of here. Fuck this. I'm going to the other side of the fucking world to get away from y'all. Like, I'm going to Japan uh, to win the Red Belt. Like, <laughs> so, like, what do you think about, about Seth for this? Like, take taking a, aside the fact that this could clearly be a ploy from Vince, like, as a, a well-constructed 
like hit job from Rollins to start, you know, on Twitter and then roll right into the, the pre-planned interview with Sports Illustrated to actually do this stuff because those words do come directly from Vince. Okay. Like no one's convinced me otherwise. So, I mean, like, well, like, if that's not the case or if this is Seth's, like, I guess elaborate on like both situations. The only two way, the only two ways I can really I see it is it like if it's a situation where he uh, was instructed or asked or hinted at to say those sorts of things and do this sort of thing is like okay now what happens with you as far as like the next few towns on TV like yeah if this idea is to be a slow burn to turn you heel okay. Cool. Who are the top baby faces on Raw? AJ and Ricochet, right? Anybody else? And they're fighting each other. They're fighting each other right now. Um, but it's like, okay, cool. I don't know what that means for you in, um, in the going into SummerSlam as far as programming. If, if you were the person that's turning heel, or the situation where you think you're rallying the base, got to kind of tell you, bro, the way your your base is kind of dwindling. Um, Kind of seems like the people that's kind of around left are like the hardcores, and the people that are hardcores are, are you're, you have a good chance of getting rejected as a babyface now, even though you, you're a champion and whatever. It was really un. I, I I I don't know, man. I don't know where this goes. Like, if he gets booed come Monday or at the next pay per view or whatever else, or people start to you know shit on his matches like he's Roman or somebody, like I can see it. I won't be surprised. Um, I feel like the boos are waiting for him in Philly. Uh, that's next pay per view, right? Yeah. Oh, the boos are coming because that match is gonna suck. So, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Lacey and Baron Corbin in a tag team in the main event of a pay per view. What could possibly go wrong? Everything. Yeah. Uh. So, I mean, is there anything else you got going? Uh, you want to talk about speak on this part, or you want to move on? Because I, I mean, we I think we've talked. I think, I think I think I think. I think he's a sucker for selling out his homeboy like that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's a bad look. I mean, no way around it. No way around. It. It's absolutely a bad look. Like, I hope. I hope if they're as friendly as they've always been made out to be, that um, or they were sold as being, then I hope that like before this went public or whatever else, or before he even did an interview, he was able to reach out to Ambrose and say, hey, man. I got you know. We k favors, bro. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna yeah. have to go upside your head real quick for the company, for the yep. cloud. And and, and yeah. you know, one, one can only hope that that happened. Yeah, like. Or else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if they are as cool as they've sold as you know they them and the company have sold them sold them to be, including Moxley at the end of the Jericho podcast where he's like, "I'm so bummed out you're leaving," and all that kind of stuff. Like, if they are as close as we are to believe they, them to be, then hopefully they were able to he would reach out or beforehand, so this wasn't some shit where Moxley would just blindside him because that would that that's 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 kind of that's that's kind of weak. Kind of weak. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Let's see what else is um, on the menu. Yeah, so... Well... <laughs> in the show notes, you said overall clownery, this is Vince. I don't know what that means, uh, Rich. Oh, these are Vince's words. We, we, we oh, did yeah, that. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... 
Someone oh, need to take Seth's Twitter. That that was the the bottom line. Like someone need to tell him to log off. He's hashtagging <laughs> Team WWE and shit. Like <laughs> like try, like where are the jerseys? Like it, like this is gonna be. Woo. Remember uh, how many? How long have I been saying that, like people treat WWE like it's their favorite sports team? Like they're the goddamn. Washington football team or the New York football giants or some shit. It's like, man, just watch the show because the show brings you some enjoyment and like, whatever. Like, if the show's good, be honest. If the show's bad, be honest. If the show's right. boring, be honest. If the show's entertaining, be honest. We don't, you don't have to do that. Like, like, I really enjoy Batman, but if they make a bad Batman movie, I'm going to say they made a bad Batman movie because they made a bad Batman movie. Or say Superman especially because normally Superman movies are trash. So, anyway, uh, Evolve, they're running, was it a 10th, what what year anniversary of Evolve? The 10 year anniversary of Evolve. 10 year anniversary of Evolve will be on the WWE Network on what happens to be the same day as AEW's Fight for the Fallen um, pay-per-view or show or whatever the hell you want to call it. Live event, special gimmick, Streaming whatever. event. Yeah, yeah, That was the ones in Jacksonville, right? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's the second one. So, that news came out a few days ago, or, yeah, a few days ago, and Kenny Omega... Hopped on Twitter to complain about them putting that show, that small ass show that's going to get very little eyes on at the same time or the same time slot and day as Fight for the Fallen. And then he deleted his tweet and then commented about how toxic uh, the internet is or the Twitter's Twitter world is. And I'm like, dude, if this is what it took for you to realize that. Like you ain't learned that lesson last year in uh, after the Jacksonville show, like <laughs> I'm sorry the uh, Daytona show. Like you you haven't you you know you didn't you didn't pick this up last Kenny, year. Kenny threw steak out there for the dogs because Kenny's dealing with a large population of people that just hate his fucking guts for whatever like reason. Well, it um, also helps that he's not actually so, a likable person. At times, he can be unlikable. What, what what is unlikable about him? Inform me. <clears throat> okay. Um. How do I say this? He comes off as pretentious a lot. That's basically I can put it. Um, like he comes off as a person that is. Hmm 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 hmm. Have you ever heard people talk about like Elon Musk, or uh, no? Okay, well, the best way I can explain is he comes off as somebody that, it, well, the easiest way to say it is he comes off as someone that seems he's smarter than he actually is, and especially when it's something like fake fighting, people really take that as, like, wow, he's really disingenuous. Like, I, I, I see some of it, but, like, I hear his interviews, I'm like, to me, he seems thoughtful, but, like, to other people, that thoughtfulness seems like, oh, like, you come into the... You come into it, um, and you already have an idea that he's a schmuck. Then you hear him talk. You're all like the way he talks is going to uh, change your mind on the fact that you've already thought of him as a schmuck. I don't think that's necessarily fair, but when you step into it, like how he did the other day, it's like, oh, uh, well, maybe he's not as smart as he thinks he is. 
even though he's a genius at see, wrestling. See, that's funny because I don't take Kenny for like a smart guy. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, really. So, like, you know how people look at a Bucci kind of like, oh, he's just a Bucci. Oh, I kind of like, look. Oh, I, treat him like he's uh, Clay Thompson. Right. <laughs> like, like, that's how I kind of like. Like a, lovel, like a lovable, hardworking dummy. <laughs> Yes, like <laughs> I, I, like that. That's kind of how I look at Kenny, and then I, I see like him get like, you know, he he gets it from like lots of sections of, of think, the uh, like the like he gets is, it from the pure elitists. He yeah. gets it from the WWE stands. He gets it from the Roman Reigns fans. He gets it Roman from. Fans. Oh yeah. Uh. Like you know, they don't like the fact that he um oh, yeah, was on the yeah, other yeah. side of the world yeah, in Japan yeah. playing video games on a stream. Like you know, they ain't like that. Yeah. Um, during the whole deals, but his tweet was like, "If lining your pockets with blood money is okay, then what's wrong with trying to undermine a charity show for victims of gun violence?" I hear that healthy competition is supposed to feel like a good or be a good thing, and yet I can't help but feel like I'm gonna be sick. Ah. <sighs> So yeah, and it's like, fight for the fallen. No, but the thing for me is like, well, you're the one that's starting this war. What did you expect? Do you really think that it, like, so, so it's like, on one end is like people think he's a smart. People think that he is a smart guy or he's a put on smart guy, and then he says something like as if he's naive, and it's like, motherfucker, you're not naive. You know, you knew what the fuck this was when you decided to sign a dotted line, and they were going to try to. Do different shit at different points if you ever got so successful to try to curb your success. It's common sense. It's the game theory. So it's like, it's the game theory. You play video games. Don't you know the game theory? (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, come on, get the fucking get get the fuck together, Kenny. Like, so it's like also. the the charity the when I read it, I was like this is gonna go horrible like because when I saw the the part about undermining a charity show he like tried to like really highlight that oh, and yeah. we know what like all right the yep. cause is the cause like yep. it, it's awesome they're they're donating like yep. all the proceeds you, from what I'm look, hearing now look that's not that's actually not the conversation we're having here though right right like we know and, what this is right and also look man. We we people give WWE shit all the time when they do their sh- when they do their ch- uh, charitable um, and philanthropic uh, stuff on TV, and you always have that that Stephanie quote that she still hasn't deleted all these years later. You can just go and type in on t- on Google Stephanie Man charity, and it still pops up on. And you can go and watch the Twitter where it says, you know, the future of advertising is. Um, charity, and that's how companies are going to win, and that that goes hand in hand with this with this AEW show. Absolutely, it does, no way around it, right? Um, that like they're doing that show, and they're also doing they're the trying charity, to establish- giving the money, giving the money to ch- a charitable uh, cause. Uh, how much of it? Don't know. Don't really care. If it turns out to be a scam, some will find out, and then we can blast them when it when it happens or whatever else. Until then, don't know, don't care. Um, so you have that, but also the, another benefit of doing the show is to help figure out how much uh, clientele you have and viewership you have on the on the bleach report on the free gimmick line, on the free gimmick. And get a fan base, or sorry, no, get a, a clientele and a mail, or mail, or like a mailing list or of emails 
to be able to send blasts off for promotion for AEW when it kicks off in the, at different points and do different events. Like, ain't nobody dumb. We know the game. We know what this is. In the words of Drake, I know what this is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if a lot of people actually thought about it that deep. So hopefully, um, if if you hadn't thought about it that deep and you're listening, like, oh, okay, that's what the yeah, show it's, is. It's, but, two, it's, two um, <laughs> like, it's two birds, one stone, and it's fine. Uh, but the charity thing and whatever else, like, yeah, there's some there's merit to that. How much compared to what? I mean, if you ask me what they're what they're mostly trying to do, I would I would probably put it at a fifty fifty split. But once you put it at fifty fifty split, then like you can't say that you are so genuine and, and holier than thou to begin with. Yeah, like it's a work, everybody. So <laughs> like, and these guys are workers. <laughs> so much of workers, they they were able to start their own company. Like yeah. so, um, he he later ended up as James mentioned deleting the tweet and everything like that. Still catching hell, but whatever, he'll move on. It's toxic and. You know he's wrestling Shima that day, so uh, I if you think you ain't about to see a motivated Kenny Omega to, to shove it up people's asses that day, I got news for you. So, what was next on the list? Oh yeah, I forgot that I'm the one that's hosting the show. So after that, we have more talk of the wrestling wars, and we're going to be talking about. <laughs> The, you know the we're going to NBA free agency and one and oh, hold on we're going into NBA free agency and there's tons of cap room from a bunch of teams around. The oh, league. it's cap, all right. And, <laughs> well, let me finish my point because there's so many top free agents. There are so many teams that are trying to land these uh, max level players, super max level players. That there's going to be a lot of cap space around, and with that cap space around. The upper 